Welcome back to the On Life podcast. Um, We are very excited today to talk about something. Well, I don't know if I want to speak for everybody, but I'm excited to um, talk about strategies and tips for reading, studying, and test taking. Um, I think I would have loved to hear this episode when I was in undergrad or grad school. Um, Yeah, so I'm very excited to hear um, just kind of how the conversation flows. Um, Brian, who is with us today. Well, today we have Dr. Sean Balicki. He serves as the Director of Teaching Excellence here at Liberty University. Uh, he oversees the faculty development and training for all of our faculty here at the university, and he's worked in the um, education sphere as a teacher, mentor, coach, consultant, and academic administrator for more than 25 years. So you know what you're talking about. Oh, I've yeah. been around, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I think a lot of online students are obviously not on campus, so they are kind of figuring it out on their own is yeah. maybe what it feels like. And so I think this will be very practical. I think some of our episodes are more practical. Some of them are more kind of like heady or intellectual, but um, this will probably be a little bit of both, but hopefully we a great resource for our students that are listening. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We actually found that in season one, some of the topics that were really just sort of like great insight into their academic journey were some of the most popular episodes so i think this is going to be another one of those maybe starting out um do you have any like tips or strategies for students who are maybe reading like university level textbooks for the first time i i I know that's a lot different than a book they might just pick up for fun yeah yeah that that you know so much of education is literacy based so it's super important that we get that down and i know sometimes we say reading it doesn't sound like the most exciting topic but it is critically important and uh if we think about it um some of our students especially the online ones haven't been in school in a few years for starters it could be it could be several years since they've read a book and and then when we look at the backgrounds of students kind of interesting you know some schools may not even allow the students to take the books home. Hmm. It's possible as an online student, they could literally be in college and have done very little academic reading. And so um, it doesn't mean they can't read, but they may not have gotten the skill set down to it. And then furthermore, and most likely, they probably weren't actually trained to do it. And academic books are written a little differently than some of our fiction books, right? And so we've all read uh, a a book in our life. Um, But the academic ones are, are very much set differently, and so I'll give you a couple strategies that can help students get through those. A lot of them, it's important to, to figure out that they're written like an outline. And so if we think of our friend Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, right? You wondered why it's a whole book, right? Couldn't we do that in like one page, a memo? <laughs> well, our textbooks aren't that different. There's a lot of fluff in them sometimes. We go more in depth in there, um, but it starts with that outline. And so if it starts with the outline, what I would have students do first is, is you'll recognize the outline has the, you know, the, the Roman numeral and then the letter A and the one, two, three, and, and, and those are supporting details or less important ones. I would start with those big Roman numerals, and I would turn all of the headings into questions. And so if by chance you were in a, I don't know, medical field, and they're asking about something like COVID, it would, most likely it'll be written about COVID, then it'll talk about the symptoms, then it'll talk about whatever it is. It might talk about some cures or um, treatments. And so, so we turn it in, what is COVID? What are symptoms? What are uh, uh, treatments? And so if you do that, you don't actually need to read all the book. You could technically, if I already know that chapter, I'm not going to invest all of my time in reading that. 
I can move on to the next section. Okay, do I know that? Yes, I know that. Let me move on to the next section. And you can start to read by exception. So you're like, Dr. Blicky, wait a minute. We brought you on to give us some tips of reading. The first thing you do is tell us not to read. <laughs> but I would emphasize um, to use a stoplight approach, okay? Uh, we all know the green, yellow, red. I would take three markers and uh, highlighters. And I would start to write down the, the green highlight. Just, write, just just scribble right down the middle, that section that you know is green. You know that. Keep going. Yellow, you think you might know. Maybe you don't. Slow down. Mark that yellow. And then the red, which your marker color is technically pink, I know. But you write that down, and you'll, and, and you'll say, that's a caution. I better slow down. I better stop. I'm going to have to read that. And so when I go back through, I have my headings into questions, and I have a color coding system. And that color coding system can be used to find out where I'm, gonna, where I'm going to um, spend my time. And so I'll, I'll spend a little time in the yellow areas, and I'll say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Now I have that. And then I'll spend a little time, more time in the red sections. And all of us have done this, right? We've read a chapter, and then, and then um, we go through it. Wait, what did I just read? Is that, <laughs> is that, is that? Do I got to read yeah. that again? And sometimes you do. And so we don't move on until we turn those colors green. We'll leave them pink, yellow, and red for now. Um, or green, yellow, and, and red for now. But, but that will tell you where almost form a study sheet of where to spend your time later, too. And then I would also tell students one, uh, one extra thing. Interact with your textbook. And so you can do this with ebooks, no problem, because they have little built-in things as well. Um, they have built-in highlighters and stuff. But you just scribble some notes on the side of the page, whether you're using that little text editor or whether you're using the actual pencil and a hard copy book. Um, in each of your margins, what does that side, what is that chapter, what does it do? Just scribble a sentence or less for each, each little section. And then... At the top of the page, put one sentence that describes the entire page. Now you say, okay, what am I doing that for? Why am I doing that? It's very interesting how the brain works. And later on, when you go to take that test, you're going to be able to physically kind of uh, mentally pull up that page in, in your mind, and you're going to be able to recollect what you wrote. You're going to see your writing. You're going to see your handwriting. You're going to see how you turn those into, into headings, and you're going to remember what you wrote, and then you're going to remember the, the, the content in that thing. And so these are just a few stu uh, study strategies um, that you can use to, uh, to, to do that. And then the last thing I tell students is, hey, when you're done with the chapter, write down three things that you can ask other students that question, may have questions about, uh, almost like write your own quiz. doesn't have to be long. And I always tell them, write down questions that other students in the class may have, because so often, even, even in in-person classes, we'll say, okay, any questions? No one says nothing. And then, and then they'll line up at the podium at the end of class and say, oh, yeah, I got a question, I got a question. Mm -hmm. and, and so I tell them sometimes, don't, don't personalize it, don't make it feel like you don't know it. Just write down questions other students in the class may have, because in doing so, you're, you're really learning and interacting with the content. So you bring that in there. And so the last thing I always tell you is pray. I do that throughout my text. We, um, you know, as a Bible-believing campus, we, we love to throw around our life verses. And for so many of us, it's Jeremiah 29, 11. And it's so nice. It's, oh, for, for the plans I have uh, for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. And, 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 you know, 29, 11 is an important verse, but it's not complete without verse 12. Verse 12 has you call upon the name of the Lord to deliver you. In that, in that, in that context, they're actually pulling you out of your, your bondage. And so, good, yeah, prosper, yes, but it's not without prayer. And so whenever we're struggling, if we have students who are struggling, we have students who are having trouble reading and retaining information, 
invest time in reading, but invest a little time in prayer too. That's really good. Um, While you were talking, it made me think of many times in my educational career where I'd like be sitting at the test and I was like, okay, what I need is in the bottom left-hand corner (laughs) of the right-hand page. It's next to a picture, but what does it say? So like, that's very cool to kind of break things down like that. Um, Kind of maybe, you know, zooming out, not just reading, there are other parts of studying, um, whether that's note cards or maybe talking out loud, different learning styles definitely come into play. But do you have tips for the more broader concept of studying? Yeah, that that's actually a great question. And, and it is something that we're all going to have to do, whether we're in person, whether we're online, etc. You, you are going to have to study. And, and I know sometimes what do students really want? They, they want their name on a piece of paper, a diploma, and they don't always want their money's worth. But education is a journey, and, and part of that journey is really learning the content. And so at Liberty, we always want to train champions for Christ. It's not just a tagline. We are serious about it. Our mission is the Great Commission, and we want to put people out in the fields to help do that. And so um, the more they learn on campus, the better they learn the material. Um, the better we're going to be able to complete our mission as well. And so that can't be done without studying. And so studying is is critically important. And so now some students, and this is going to, I know this is hard, but some students may have never studied. Mm-hmm. Other ones actually were never trained to study. Well, what class did you take during high school or maybe you're in high school 20 years ago that says, here's how to study? It, it may not have happened. And so you do need to you do need to figure out. And there's ways to do it and there's ways to get better at it. And so the first thing I would tell you is, is, and, and wow, is this important today. Set up a distraction-free room. Um, that that alone, that alone is going to help set up the environment to do this. So many of us play on our phones, we're doing this, and we're doing two things. I can do three things at once. Yeah, that the brain science isn't always aligned with that. So we would have to, you'd have to be pretty, pretty special, and and we're all uniquely and wonderfully made. And I don't want to accuse you of not being able to do that, but most likely you're just switch tasking, and so you need a distraction free room to work in. That's a quiet space, a consistent space. So when you get back into that space, you study in there, and then you take your test in there later. That alone is going to help you do it. Now earlier we talked about reading, and in reading we set up um, different little notes on the side of the page. And then we turned our headings in our, our headings into questions. And so part of that is kind of almost making your study guide. And so you make your own study guide, okay? And then you'll review your text, you'll review your notes. Sit down and scan what was green, what was yellow, what was red. And then you'll go back and you'll have to review the lectures. Now, now a lot of us think we watched it once, but then maybe uh, we got it. Well, there are always some lines in our favorite movies, our episodes of TV shows that we, we quote, <laughs> and they're iconic lines, and you remember those? But you don't remember all the lines of every show. And it's interesting, your favorite shows, I'm not sure what they are, and, but uh, maybe you watch some, some, some comedy show, and uh, you've been watching it now for 10 years, and you keep watching the same episodes, and now you're able to finally read along with, with the characters. You know what this character is going to say, what that character is going to say. That's because you've watched it several times. If you took the same diligence toward your lectures and your, and your, and your videos, you'd be able to do the same thing. And then you got to pay attention now. Now, here's what I'm, I'm going. I'm talking a little lower. If I'm talking a little lower video, it could be for effect. Or this is very important. When in the video they change the pitch, they change the tone, they change the stuff, it's because the teacher is telling you, 
hey, I'm trying to regather your attention because this is an important point. Anytime that's done, if we start to raise our voice at the end, if we pause for dramatic effect, in those type of videos, that's an important point. Make note of that because that's probably going to be on, on a quiz or a test later. If not, they really want you to do it. And then I would tell you this. Most often, what do we do with study? Right? We, get, we, get, we sit down with our, our, our Pepsi Cola made in the Carolinas. We, we crack that fizz open and we, or, or our Starbucks and we, and we spend a couple hours. I would challenge you that's probably not the best way to study. Okay? And so what we know um, from the research is that if you set up a study plan, rather than study three hours in one night, and so I'd say 45 minutes a night for, for um, four nights in a row, you would have a way, way higher score and way higher retention. And so what I would do, let's pretend the test is on chapters one, two, and three, okay? And, and, and so, so on, on Monday, I'd study for 45 minutes, and I would study, I would spend all of it on chapter one. And then on Tuesday, I'd study for five minutes, I'd review chapter one. And then for 40 minutes, I would do chapter two. And then on Wednesday, I would study 35 minutes, chapter three, five minutes, chapter two, and five minutes, chapter one. And so you see how the chart is being made. And then the fourth day, I would spend 45 minutes reviewing all the chapters. And so you'd say, okay, Dr. Blicky, that's interesting, but aren't you spending way more time on chapter one than chapter three? And the answer is yes. But I would also say, isn't that the chapter that's furthest removed from the lecture? You may have done that a month ago, whereas mm-hmm. chapter three we might have just done last week. And so if you break that up and create yourself a, a, a plan and stick with it, that's going to be excellent. And so, so I did 45 minutes. I wouldn't do much more than that because most likely your mind will wander. And, and the reality is, hey, look at what... In my generation, we used to get up Saturday mornings and watch the, the cartoons because we didn't have Nickelodeon <laughs> or or Cartoon Network. I don't know what I don't know what cartoons are on. Or, and 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 you know what happened? Every seven minutes, the Roadrunner almost got hit with an anvil from uh, our, um, and and you're always like, oh no, I can't turn this off because Wildy e. Coyote might get him. And so we were built in this in this we're almost trained every seven eight minutes to have a commercial, and so. 45 minutes is about our extension because that's that's really all the content in a show, right? Because you you know an hour long show, and so I wouldn't do it much more than that because you would have to be a really really interesting text <laughs> or a high level movie to do much more than that. And that's why our podcast is not an hour or more. Yeah, we shoot for 35 to 40 minutes because yeah, you'll cool. get bored of us. Yeah. yeah, I hope not, but probably <laughs> it won't offend me. I have heard my whole life that there's different learning styles what is it audio visual and like kinesthetic are yeah. those still kind of the big three and how do those affect an online student trying to figure out how to best study yeah yeah um yeah that that's an interesting topic and so a, a lot of research is varied in that category and uh what what i would say is this um not everything works for every student, right? And so we're all made, we're uniquely made and wonderfully made, and we're made in his image, but we are far from him. And so what I would do in that area is know yourself. Not everything is going to work for everybody. And so you may have uh, uh, someone in your family that's really gifted and that can, I don't know, throw the instructions or directions aside to build a bookcase. 
and you have somebody else in your family that that wouldn't possibly be able to book build this bookcase. That's me. And somebody else <laughs> who maybe who who maybe uh, would follow instructions diligently. Now, the two things I would say about that are one. There are differences because it's possible that maybe that bookcase is written in some pretty complex instructions and maybe your mind works a little differently. So we can recognize that and we can celebrate each other's differences. And then two, I don't know. Um, I'm hesitant to ever have a student tell me, I have students tell me, I'm not good at math. I'm not good at music. But here's what I would say about that. And here's what I would say about you building a bookcase. (laughs) Um, When is the last day that you worked from the time you got up in the morning to the time you went to bed, as if working for the Lord. Colossians 3.23, right? Whatever we do, work heartily as if for the Lord. When's the last day you spent one full day dedicated to working your God-given ability as if you're working for the Lord, not for a teacher, not for a boss? And I would ask students that question. Would it be yesterday? Would it be last week? Would it be last month? Would the actual answer, truthful answer, I'm not trying to shame anybody, but would the truthful answer actually be never? And so you are gifted, and you are powerful, and you are created by God, and my God does not make mistakes. And we are way more capable than we think. And so students sometimes, well, I'm not good at that. Um, my, my positive to that would be, how do you know if you've actually never tried? And so my real thing is find out what works for you. If it's mm-hmm. the instructions, fine. If it's a YouTube video, fine. If it's someone just talking you through it, fine. If it's you doing a recording and then you talking back to yourself, fine. If it's you reading about it, fine. There are things that work differently for different people. And so that's how I would have that. And um, we'll build that bookcase if you want. <laughs> I think you can do it, yeah. I'm definitely a visual person. So like, I'll read the instructions and it'll just say, attach A to B, and that's all it'll say. I'm like, what? But it's got the little picture there. I'm like, okay, all right, I see what you're doing. Or I pull up the YouTube video, and I'm like, oh, so you're using that screw to do that. Got you. Okay. So, um, but yeah, just like you said, I think everybody's got their own. Yeah, I'm not an audio person. If you tell me something, my immediate answer 99% of the time will be, can you send me an email about that? Or I will make a list about it. Like, I don't, the storage in my brain for audio messages is not not good so I yeah take maybe you take notes. notes during yeah yeah and there's always duct tape too so yeah, yeah just wrap <laughs> that right on around yeah, that could fix anything yeah the online community is growing more and more by the day and we want you to be a part of it in collaboration with the alumni relations office online life has developed an online community that allows you to connect with other online students to join sign up for the alumni community and connect with the online students group This community offers mentorship, academic advice from other students, online events, and prayer. Make your account today and connect with students and alumni for encouragement throughout the duration of your program. Join us today, free of charge, at www.liberty.edu forward slash communities. Welcome back to the On Life podcast. We are here with... um, is it Dr. Balecki? It is, yeah. Okay, great. I never know if it's Dr. or Mr. So Dr. Oh, Balecki, yeah, yeah. thank you so far for sharing what you have about reading and studying. Now for the application of what we have read and what we have studied, tests, test taking. Um, do you have any strategies for how to take a test well? Yeah, that's a good question. We've all taken tests, some of them kind of scary, and we've all done well, and we've all done poorly sometimes too. And, um, you know, 
tests, of course, are assessments. They're supposed to assess learning. I will contest that not all tests are great, not all tests are fair. <laughs> but I will also know that we all have to take them. And so uh, sometimes you're reading a test and you get the answers and you're looking and they all seem right or you're wondering, wait, and the, and the answer, well, choose the best answer. Best answer? They're all best answers. <laughs> and what do we do, right? And so testing is a necessary part of education. And so I know this is hard. I know it's harder for some than others. Some people don't get too nervous about tests. Some find them actually comforting because they're fearful about something else, That's right? not me. That is no. not, no. <laughs> Some of us, maybe we want to do something else. We want to build something or, or uh, write a paper or sing a song. Um, those are good assessments, too. Uh, but for the multiple choice, true, false, matching, those type of tests, there are, there are some things you can do. Um, going back to earlier, I, I would love for online students to take that test in the same setting that they do their academic studying and stuff in. You'll be surprised. You know what's stressful is we go to take our test and you're in a classroom and all of a sudden it's silence. Uh, there's no distractions. You're actually in a different environment than what you, when you were listening to your lecture or teaching. And so it's important to go back to that same environment. That actually will trigger some of your memory. Hmm. Now, the, the other thing is I like to do what, what I don't want to say it's kind of a brain dump, but before I take my test, I'm going to jot down those few things. Teachers say, okay, clear your desk, or maybe if you're online, your test opens and turns off at a certain time, or maybe it's not open It's not open books, so you have to just do First thing I do, start jotting as much as you can down real quick. Oh, yeah, my margins okay. of my tests were always full of, like, keywords or, yeah. like... That's a good tip. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and, and you do it because you, you, you want to start to do it before you start reading, because then you may forget things right away. Um, and so I, I just do a little brain dump, write down as much as you can remember what, what's on your study sheet, what's on your study guide, what's on your what's on your highlighting from your reading, what's on your what's on your what's on your study um, notes. And so that's what I do. And then I would always encourage students, man, we read the questions pretty well, but we do not read the instructions well. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. some teachers will get a little tricky with certain stuff. So slow down, read the instructions, make sure you know what it's asking, and then just slow down, read the questions too often. And I will tell you, there could be probably a 10% difference in the student grade on a test if they just read all the answers first. See, what happens is we're reading that first one, and, and maybe the question's on about uh, who the, you know, um, which of the following are U.S. presidents, and we see George Washington's A. And then, yep, it's A. We put A. We didn't catch which of the following, and you didn't catch D was all the above because they also listened, listened um, other other presidents, and so you got to read all of them, and then I got to you got to slow down. Too often teach, and I don't like these questions, but I know they're in there. I, I never like questions that are all the above, none of the above, or A and B but not C, or C and D <laughs> but not A. <laughs> yeah. I don't even think those are, are great questions, but there they exist, and so for those. We got to look at those. If it says none, is it really none? I mean, it has to be literal. All. Is it all? Because if any of them are not true, then that can't be the answer. And so we got to slow down and you got to look for those tricky, absolute words. I, I call them unfair questions, but we're not here to complain about <laughs> it because you're going to have to do it. So often we were worried about the time on the test, so we speed read and we looked over the following of words of never always must or accept any words sometimes they're in caps sometimes they're not those are really important words because they can change the entire context of the question and so always always is a pretty strong question if this is if this is uh true false always there's no exceptions 
Because if you find an exception, it can't be true. And so I look for those tricky absolute words. And then you want to pay attention to the grammar and context of questions to line. So if you see the question ends in A or versus an an, you'll know if it's a well, certain letter, I guess we'll say, what it'll start with. And so if it's an ant versus a bat, um, you'll know how, how the grammar aligns. Sometimes if it's looking for something plural, then you'll know that you have to have an answer that's plural. So if the first one's ant, the second one's bat, the third one's cats, it's most likely that because we are looking for a plural answer. And then I, what I like to do is, if it, if it allows, now not all computer assessments allow this, but if it allows, answer the ones you know first. Leave the ones you don't and then go back through and finish. And the reason you do this is later on there may be clues in the other questions or you may remember stuff later on. And, and, and if you answered it, I think it's this, you may not remember and you don't go back and change it. And so just these little things, um, you know, trying to guess. If you can level us down to two choices, do it. Because then you have a 50-50 shot at the question. Even if it's multiple choice, there's A, B, C, D, maybe even E. But if you can level it down to two, you have anywhere from a 50 to 60% chance of getting that right. And maybe you can hint it's probably this, using those other tactics. And so, so those are some simple ways to test. I've never been in a classroom yet, online or otherwise, where I saw a test physically get up and attack a student, right? <laughs> if you saw a piece of paper start beating you, then you got to be nervous. <laughs> Except for that, eh, it's just an assessment. It measures where you are and what we can do better at. And the last thing I always tell students... A little prayer, a little peace. You know, I love the Bible says Philippians 4.13, all things are possible through Christ. I believe in a little interpretation. If it wanted to say some things, probably would have wrote that. And so um, I, I pray for peace, and, and usually it comes about, yeah. My next question, as you were talking, I fall into this category. Um, what would you say to students who kind of find their identity in their academics. So, you know, you said, oh, it's just a test. Oh, like, it yeah. just tells us what we can do better next time. But I remember I was taking a class one time and I got a 98 on a quiz and I cried because it wasn't 100. So yeah. that's that's where I'm coming from. I would have cried tears of joy to get a 98. <laughs> so speak to students like me <laughs> yeah. who find maybe too much of our identity in a 98 yeah. or a whatever. Yeah, yeah, and, and so I'm in, I'm in an academic building, I'm in an academic role, and academics are really important, and I stress grades too. Um, two things. One, I would be hesitant to tie your identity up in something that can be taken away. You know, we see this a lot of times even in professional athletes and stuff, and what happens when your career is over, when you're told you can no longer play the child's game? And so we're always... Uh, very careful. Uh, they say, look, don't don't tie it up in something that can be taken away from you and tie it up in something. You're more than that. You're more than a test. You're more than tie it up in Christ. Tie it up in your calling. Tie it up in that. Tie it up in your relationships. But don't don't tie it to any individual assessment. And the second thing, and this this is all right. I got to confess to our students about this. You know, I have um, a number of college degrees, and I spend probably 12 years of my life in. In, in a chair learning, and I spent a couple decades of my life in front of a class. Boy, um, truth is, grades are not everything. Grades are an indicator of how you did that. They're not an indicator of your ability, and they're not an indicator of your effort. So for some students, they put in little effort, and they may have gotten a good grade. Other students put in a lot of effort, they may have gotten a mediocre grade. They're an, they're an indication of outcome. 
And on that individual assessment, you got 98. And 98's pretty good. Um, we are in pursuit of excellence. We won't always achieve it. I will tell you, this is true in business, and this is true in life, and this is true in education. You can always improve, and we learn more from failure than we do from, from success. And so if what you're driven by is a 98, you would do better, good, go for it. Um, I, too, would ask my kids, well, was it out of 100 or was it out of 98? Okay, then there's room for improvement. <laughs> and when they got the 100, they said, there you go, Dad, I got 100. Uh, okay, is that the best you could do, though? <laughs> and so we'd always change that around and keep them going. Um, uh, we are in pursuit of excellence, and we do that because we work for a big boss. I would not um, worry too much about that. That is just an indicator. I'd keep moving on. And I hate to admit this, but you know I've been in this business a long time. No one's actually asked me my GPA. Yeah. That's um, also very true. Three graduate degrees of 4.0s, by the way, I should tell you. Um, and and <laughs> I, now I feel cheated that no one has ever <laughs> actually asked. Well, yeah. it's on the record now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the first time yeah, <laughs> I I'll put the plug in for that. No job has ever yeah, asked yeah. me to send But a you GPA know what they do want? They want to know if you can do that. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, you're here because you have a skill set, and you're using your skills. You have abilities, and so um, that is as important as that 98. Um, no one's ever asked you what you got in that test. Um, I would tell you, just use your gifts as you're working for the Lord, and and then and then and learn your skills and learn your network too. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, is it, is it in any class online too? It's very interesting. There are enough people, enough different people to change the world. And so as Liberty and Liberty Online, we have a network and we are putting out there and hopefully when students are out there, they're part of the family, they, they, you know, they hire each other. We get, we get, we're trying to be we're mission-centric. But um, in that class, let's pretend you want to do a mission trip and you want to do it to pick a country, I don't know, and to, uh, f- form a new mission thing. There's probably someone studying to be a nurse in that class. There's probably someone who's going to be a financier in that class or, or business. There's probably some. Maybe there's an aviator in that class. Maybe there's somebody else in that class who who um, is an educator and can write some curriculum. And, and maybe someone else is wants, wants to be an entrepreneur and want to put together. So there's maybe a divinity. Someone who's going to be a, a, a pastor or something in there. You have all the people around you, and, and the best times and the best companies are not built in in boardrooms. They're built in dorm rooms. They're built while you're students. Get to know your people. Get to know your network. Um, this is what discussion boards and online classes are from. Get to know who's in your class. And family takes care of family. Get out there and take care of each other because that's how you'll change the word. Don't even wait till you're, till you're finished with your degree. Start right now. Get to know each other. Get to know your campus resources. You're not alone. We have tutoring and writing centers and all kinds of things on campus to help you. Find out find out who's here to help you. We have award-winning career center, unbelievable ODAS accommodations. Get out there, get what you need, um, no excuses, get your degree, and then go out there and change the world. That's great. Uh, the kind of the last question I had would be, um, you know, like as an online student, maybe you're returning to school after being, you know, out for a while and you have all these things happening with life and working a full-time job and trying to make time to study and do all this and you know what do you say to that person that is trying to juggle all those things and there's probably some temptation there to hop on google and just you know cheat through some things but just didn't have time to prepare for you know like what would you say to those people that are trying to juggle a lot of things and still be successful at some of these topics we talked about today. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, today your your you know your modern day currency is your integrity, and so if a lot of times we think that uh, we'll get away with it, yeah, 
but other people may not think you did, right? And so whether you're dealing with someone, you got to be honest. Um, uh, this is true in, in relationships, and this is true in life. And um, I would encourage you that your your integrity is your most important currency, and that goes hand in hand with your degree. And then I would say learning is its actual reward. It's not just getting the piece of paper your name on it. That isn't going to get you as far as building your network and getting your stuff and learning the content because you want those skills, you want the stuff, and you're only going to do that through hard work. And so, so what I would say is some of the skills they look at. These are some time time consuming stuff. I'm telling you, pull out a highlighter, change your headings, put some notes on a page, sit down and study. I, I get that. Um, here, here's what I would tell you. Also, it it gets easier once you develop these habits. You so I'm going to tell you two, three, four, five classes from now. You're going to cut your speeding, your time into reading. You're going to do this a lot more efficiently, and you're going to learn a lot more. You're going to be more ambitious about it. You'll be judicious about it, and you will be diligent about it, and you'll be able to naturally go a lot quicker. Now, I know sometimes life gets in the way, and so right when we have that due date and we need to study, we have a sick child or we get in a car crash. Who knows what happens? Sometimes life gets in the way, and sometimes we have to do this by exception. And when that happens, we got to pick and choose a little bit. Um, this is where our, our, our training and reading, studying, and test taking is going to come into play. Slow down, take the test, take the paper, do the stuff. I tell people, honestly, sometimes our students, you'll spend more time trying to find a workaround than just doing it. <laughs> Write the yeah. outline, get the stuff yeah. done, get it basic, um, do the best you can with what you're given. And then the most important time you'll take there, just, just send a quick prayer and do it. Um, you are shocked when you're laser focused. No, oh no, I have this five page paper. Oh no, I have a seven page paper. Oh no, I have a 10 page paper. When the TV's off, your phone is down, you write your outline, you go behind, you put your supporting details in it, you put your Bible quotes in it, and you kind of break your paper down. I tell students, write chap, you know, the, the, the main paragraphs first, then go back, put the, put the heading or the intro paragraph with the big thesis statement up front at the end, write the conclusion at the very end. It writes itself. Pretty soon, you know, you wrote the whole paper. You thought it was going to take you weeks, yeah. and it didn't take you as long as it was worried about it, stressing about it, and putting it off. And so life will get in the way. Um, God always promises to be faithful, not, not promises to make it easy. <laughs> and so, um, mm-hmm. but we learn from that, don't we? And so our students can too, yeah. Yeah, I was, my kind of last question you kind of spoke to was going to be like, are student skills static or are they something that you can grow in and it sounds like with some intentional time our students can get better um and that at least to me is encouraging because it doesn't mean you know at, even at the beginning of the episode patty you can build the bookshelf mm-hmm. yep you know you can take that test yeah. you can get better at recollection you can get better at writing the paper it just don't don't allow the the lie of like i'm just bad at that to win yeah like. yeah those, those those are a lie of the enemy and we'll, we have enough doubters in there and you know you know i I think about the kid in Little League who, uh, you know, would strike out every at-bat, even in dad pitch. And it's interesting in Little League because, the, you know, the, the, the best player in Little League rarely is the best player the time they get to high school. And they, and they rarely don't, they don't usually make it to college. And, 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 and often it's the kid who sticks with it, who says, you know what, I can't quit. Um, I just want to work. 
and hard work will be talent, and you do get better. And, and I'll tell you, your third bookcase will look a lot better than your first one. <laughs> um, and so you, you, same thing with these skills. Once you have them, once you develop them, and this is not normal because we have not been taught and we have not been trained. And so we got to give ourselves a little bit of room, a little bit of grace to grow, and the ability to do so. But I will tell you, these will transfer over to the workplace as well, and they will be valuable skills for employment. And so I would tell the last thing I would say is, don't quit. You know, our our founder, the late, great Dr. Jerry Falwell, one of his last lectures to students was, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. Don't. There'll be enough reasons, enough doubt, enough people tell you, you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it. Um, I will tell you, I'm here today because I didn't quit. You know, I don't tell a lot of students that, but I had to go to summer school at my senior year. Didn't even graduate on time. Today, people call me doctor, and I oversee all of our faculty development. So don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. The Online Life team is dedicated to providing online students community and development during their degree. To find both in one place, join one of our developmental book studies. Our team will send you a copy of whichever book study you are looking to join and then conduct virtual meetings to discuss topics and questions that you may have. For more information, visit www.liberty.edu forward slash online student life and select personal resources. All right. Welcome back. It's the very end of the episode. Thank you again, uh, Dr. Blakey, for being here with us today. Uh, Before you go, though, we have our our fun game we play with all of our guests. So Patty has the cards out here. Let's see what question you got. What is something you're looking forward to? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, if it's okay, um, I want to give you something that's a little bittersweet. All faculty, you know, we always look forward to the end of the year. Commencement is 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 bittersweet for us. It's the accumulation, the accumulation of of hard work for students, and we get to watch students walk across that stage, and and we look back at the ones we had in our class, and we are celebrating with them, and we are celebrating for them. At the same token, it's also a little sad because while we develop them, um, that it may be the last time for some of them we see. And so I would tell students, hey, as you get ready, if there are people and faculty out there that made a difference, send them a quick note and save their contact information. We want to help you. Yeah. Reach back out. Help us. We want to be there for your commencement. Invite them to your commencement. Tell them what, you know, what school or college you're graduating from. Sometimes we had you in an undergraduate class or a general ed class. Um, we'd like to attend your ceremony. And, uh, and then when you need a recommendation, you need a reference, you did good work, keep us in mind. Reach out. Please give us this opportunity to help. I can tell you that faculty on this hill do this um, job for that reason. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. Um, commencement each May, and and then, I, and then I can't wait until we get back at it um, right afterwards. Cool. I'll let Patty go first. Oh, okay. Ladies um, first. Well, um, as we've said, we pre-record these, so we're like a semester ahead. Um, but my birthday is May 1st, oh, wow. um, and we're in the kind of early middle April as we're recording right now um and then my husband's birthday is june 3rd and so we are going on a joint like little birthday long weekend up to boston for boston Boston. i haven't been since i was like three so we're gonna that'll be fun we're actually funny story we're gonna be up there during commencement so we can get away from the traffic (laughs) okay so we're looking forward to that okay well for us um my hometown i've talked about on the podcast before but my hometown is uh cape may new jersey so uh, it's the Jersey Shore, as we okay. like to say. Yeah. And so every Fourth of July, um, we have a big uh, family reunion at my uh, grandmother's house. She lives a couple blocks from the ocean, 
and they shoot off the fireworks over the ocean and you can see them from grandmom's house. And so we all come to Grom's house and cram in there and have a barbecue and get to see everybody. And that's sort of my one time a year I get to go home and see all my family. And um, so that's that's uh, that's coming up quick. So I'm looking forward to getting out of town for a week and going to the beach and seeing a bunch of family. Very cool. Well, so. Great. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's it. This has uh, been another episode of the On Life podcast. Living in abundance wherever God puts you. <laughs>